New Dissident Radio. Keep your distance. What? Fuck, no. That's wrong. Shit. I totally fucked it up. I'm gonna do it again. New Dissident Radio. Keep your dissidence. Hey, I did it. Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck you. No, sorry, folks. This is Waking from the American Dream with Kelly Carlin. So, as usual, we like to start off with a little music. And uh, I'm dedicating this today to the lovely Phelps family uh, who uh, believes this anyway. And so, it's for you, Mr. Fred Phelps. I talked to the Christian folk I told them a dirty joke About a priest and a nun Who had a little fun They wanted to pray for me I was laughing hysterically I said, don't you know That I'm going to hell When I die, I'm going to hell I talked to a Muslim bunch I offered to buy them lunch They said that it was Ramadan And they were rambling on and on They declared jihad on me I was laughing hysterically Said, don't you know That I'm going to hell When I die, I'm going to hell when I die, I'm going to hell When I die, baby, when I die And that's alright And that's alright I'm going to hell Where all my friends will be There's a million holy books And all of them agree gonna burn baby will you burn with me and I'm going to hell That is Mark Silverman's I'm Going to Hell. Uh, You can find more of his stuff at MarkSilverman.com. Shocking. 
That's what his website is called. Uh, so welcome, everyone. It's a Thursday. It's February 10th, I do believe. And uh, like most of you, I just watched uh, Hosni Mubarak uh, punk the complete planet Earth. <laughs> I sat in my bed all afternoon with my computer on my lap and Twitter going and in the Twitterverse and we're all watching it. And, and you know, even the CIA thought the guy was going to step down. So it was uh, pretty amazing to watch. Uh, now I feel like I'm holding my breath because I fear for the people in the streets and the city of Cairo itself. But uh, I think in the end, I think it's going to be okay. I think everything's going to be okay. And uh, of course, I just may be in as much of a state of denial as Mr. Mubarak is. But but uh, I don't know. I just have a good feeling. I think, uh, you know, the man is is definitely in, in denial. And uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can't blame the man. I've, I've done that, too. I mean, I was married to a cocaine addict who I thought I could change. So <laughs> it's pretty human. Um, what else is going on with me this week? Oh, my husband is leaving town this weekend to work on a film, which is very excited. I'm so excited for him. He's been wanting to work on a film forever. He's a TV DP. That's director of photography uh, most of the time. But he's actually going to get a chance to work on a feature film. And, uh, and yet he's going to be away for like three and a half weeks. And so I'm having separation anxiety, which uh, I used to have really, really bad when I was a little girl. I mean, terrified of separating from my parents. And so even now at the ripe old age of 47, it still kicks up in me when he's going to go away or I'm going to go away a little bit. I mean, like usually when I go away, I just pack everything in my suitcase. I just keep packing stuff until I feel safe. But uh, he's going to be away. So I'm like having all these weird anxiety symptoms. And, you know, when I was like 25 and 30, I'd have these anxiety symptoms. And I think, well, I'm not dying or having a heart attack, really, because I mean, I'm only 30. But now that I'm 47, I think, oh, you know, I could be having a heart attack, actually, because I just watched that bear commercial with that woman who's 44 and had a heart attack. So it's just adding to my anxiety. It's just very, very scary. Uh, before I start and bring on my guest, I just wanted to uh, promote a few of my things because, damn it, it's my radio show and I can. Uh, this Sunday, I am going to be at the Conscious Life Expo here in L.A. at 1 p.m. It's at the LAX Hilton. Uh, the Conscious Life Expo is one of those places where if you need a dream catcher or some crystals or your chakras rebalanced, you are in the right place. Uh, and I will be down there actually telling a couple stories and talking about waking from the American dream and my own journey, uh, waking up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then if you want, if you want to join me, we can walk around the floor of the convention center after that and, and, and like I said, get our chakras rebalanced and our our pictures of our chakras, too, are always nice, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, God bless those people. I did that in my 20s. I was into all that kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, anyone wants to do that kind of stuff. It's great. But at some point, you grow up. But have please come down, see me, and uh, buy a couple crystals. And then also, uh, February 26th, I'm going to be with my group that I'm a part of called the Mind the Gap. Uh, and there's a bunch of us going up to the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley in the Bay Area. That's Marin County. And it's going to be me. And uh, hopefully Rick Overton's going to make it. Uh, Chris Bono, uh, Gary Stockdale, Dylan Brody, Lorraine Newman, who was on my show uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Chris Pinna, 
I know I'm forgetting people. I forgive me, but it's going to be a really fun show. So come on up to the Throckmorton. It's a gorgeous little theater and then come out and you can party with us afterwards. So uh, I want to bring my guest on now here, but before I do, I just want to introduce her. Uh, Rain Pryor is my guest this week and Rain is, uh, reminds me of me because, well, (laughs) well, (laughs) that was stupid, huh? Uh, Well, besides that part of it, which we'll get to that, but she's one of those women who, and artists who wears 10,000 fucking hats at the same time. And so, and she's done a couple of things that, uh, I've done and, and hope to do. Um, one of which is she, um, had an award-winning solo show called Fried Chicken and Latkes, which I'd never got to see because I was in grad school at the time and I wasn't doing my art and I was in too much of a place of like, grr, she's doing her art and I'm not and I can't handle that. So I never saw it, unfortunately, but hopefully one day I will. She's also written a book, her memoir, called Jokes My Father Never Taught Me, which I think is a great fucking title. She's acted in TV. She teaches acting. She's a director. She's uh, a mom. She's a wife. And now she's doing the thing that scares the real living shit out of me. She's doing stand-up these days. So uh, we'll talk about all of that. But uh, the most important thing is that she's my sister. So everyone, welcome, please. Rain Pryor. Hi, Rain. Hi, Kelly. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> Rain's in Baltimore. Like to, uh, yes. Wel- <laughs> welcome to my little show here, or maybe my big show. I don't know what the hell it Your is. Your big show. Your big. It's my medium-sized show. <laughs> <laughs> So you're in Baltimore, and Rain's my first guest via Skype, so we're very excited. We're using real wow, amazing technology here today. So tell me, you've moved to Baltimore. You used to live in L.A. You grew up in L.A. You went to high school in L.A. You did lots of work in L.A., and then you up and left and went to Baltimore. What's that about? The Wire. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, me too. Love The Wire. Totally. You know, I, I really, I, you know, I had two friends who lived here chasing after a 27-year-old piece of ass and thought Baltimore was a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about chasing the piece of ass. It is. It really is. And the two friends. So that was Oh, yeah. that's yeah, nice. Yeah, you know. And and what do you find, um, I mean, besides obviously Baltimore and L.A. are very different experiences, but I mean, you've lived yeah. in L.A. your whole life, and I've I've dreamt and kind of fantasized about, you know, getting the fuck out of here at some point. So what has it meant for you as, you know, kind of like becoming an individuated adult, an artist, to, to actually move out of this town? Well, living, coming here to Baltimore gave me a chance to really have like that normal life, mm. a life where like I could have a husband who wasn't an actor. I could right. have, yep. yeah, I could, I could have a child without, you know, someone following us around or thinking someone would follow us around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could get fat. <laughs> really? I mean, I could finally freaking eat a piece of chicken. It's really what it came down to. <laughs> you know, I could eat a piece of chicken and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> That's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, big girls are in here. Like, I'm skinny compared to the girls here. I go to L.A. and I'm fat, so (laughs) I'm really happy being here, you know? That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I totally understand that normal life thing. Um, uh, About 17 years ago, my husband Bob and I, uh, we bought a house 
as you know, you've been to it in Westchester by LAX. And for me, that was kind of like moving, moving out of LA because I grew up in Brentwood and the Palisades and it was, you know, the hotbed of the industry and all of that. And, and all, and now in, I, I live in a place that's like Mayberry RFD and I really do. It's really great to like, there's no bullshit, you know, you, right. s- you see a BMW every once in a while. It's not in every right. single driveway. And there is a right. freedom. There's a total freedom. Like, oh, that's right. There is more to the planet than this insanity right. here. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, you know, and in here, if you see a BMW, it's someone, you know, a black guy wanting to be the next Michael Steele. So (laughs) it's like, you know, (laughs) or maybe a white guy wanting to be the next Michael Steele. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, um, let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room, our dads. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I've been advertising our show all day saying, um, My dad would love that co- come listen to our daddy issues. Freud will be very <laughs> jealous that he's not here today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and one of the things I, specimen. yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about since we both have experienced this now is, um, what has your creative life been like? Like, what was it before your dad died and, and, and after he died? Like, has there been some change in your direction and your voice and what you're doing and in your sense of yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm just curious about that because I know I've certainly been going through some stuff. Like I that. think, I think for me, since dad's passing, what happened for me is I, I think I embraced the similarities. Mm. More like instead of running away from it and trying to be so completely different mm-hmm. that I'm like, you know what? I do walk like him. There are times I do sound like him. There are times I have his mannerisms. I can't help that. I look like him. Hello, <laughs> prettier version, but I look like him. So I'm like, let me not run from that. Like, I'm okay with that now. I'm comfortable. And I think it's because time has passed. Yeah. So it's not like immediately all eyes are on what are you going to do? Right. It's kind of like, oh, I remember him, and wow, you're doing this. Yeah, that makes any sense. Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, God, I can so relate to that, like going the opposite direction thing, because I I think for me there was, uh, it was there was no way I was ever going to go towards comedy, at least stand up for never, sure. Right? Never, 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 never. I mean, I could, yeah. I could write comedy. Like Justin Bieber, never say Bieber. I call him. <laughs> that's funny. Like Justin Bieber. I don't even know the kid's name. Never say never. All right. Exactly. And I, you know, and I could, I could do little funny videos and, uh, you know, and, 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 but my big thing was, is I went and got my master's as a psychologist, you know, it's like, oh, I'm really going to go a different direction. And, right. and, and, smarty pants. yeah, yeah, I got all smarty pants. Yeah. I, got, I became a drug counselor. That's great. <laughs> well, it's very similar though, actually, that that's like, I need to go yeah. be of service to the world. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting, but you are actually doing stand up now. And I, I listened to your stand up a couple of weeks ago and then I listened to it again today. And, uh, oh my God. yeah, <laughs> first of all, I just want to say, God, man, girl, kudos. <laughs> Just wow. Yeah, it was great. And and what was cool was uh you sent me two different clips. One was your first and this one was the next night. And really right, and right. really watching your comfort level expand like two thousand miles out that second night. Right. It's like you owned the stage. 
And, uh, and it was great because you did, you acknowledged your dad and, and yet you're doing your own stuff. Right. And it's, you know what, and the stand-up thing, like, I literally got tricked into it, which I think <laughs> is wonderful and beautiful. I like to thank my two friends for that. Yeah, how and, did that happen? Um, well, I, I was doing, I, I was directing a guy's show who, who's opening, actually a show's reopening here in Baltimore for, like, a, a real run. But I, we, I directed a show, and we went to New York to do the comedy festival, which was so inappropriate for his show because it's about depression. But he's a comedian, so that I guess they just associated him with that. Of course, yes. And they asked me what I do to try to get people to come, which was great because at least I got eight people. So there were eight people in the audience. And um, <laughs> so they said, would you do part of, like, your fried chicken and latkes thing? And I was like, uh, Okay. And I was like, but I don't really do stand-up. So I tried to do it in a stand-up format. Mm -hmm. And then my friend Gary Michaels, he was like, you do stand-up. He goes, you just need to start doing it. You do it. And then my friend Mark, whose show I'm directing, Mark Unger, he's like, you really do do stand-up. You should just do it. Mm. And so him and my friend Mickey were like, why don't you come and host? Like, no, feature. Why don't you just feature for us? And they're like, and don't worry about doing stand-up. Just do your solo show. And then, like, five minutes before I was about to go up, he's like, okay, now do stand-up. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I can't do stand-up. He goes, yes, you can. Watch. Wow. And I fell in love. Like, I just was, like, up there, like, oh, my God, and fell in love. Like, it was the, the best. I don't understand why... I don't. I don't know if your dad did a lot of drugs, but I yeah, don't know I don't why. think he did any. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they did drugs. Yeah, mm. stand up is freaking the best high. So, I don't know. I can't get higher than that. So like, and, I come down and I'm like, uh-huh. I love it. So and so, so the what is the difference? Like, what does it feel up there? What's happening that is different between you doing? solo show stuff and doing the stand-up like what technically is yeah to me to me I'm raw Mm. I'm completely raw we're like I think for me I was in my solo show I'm able to really really kind of escape between the characters and it doesn't have to be funny like it's not intended on necessarily oh you're gonna laugh yep Yep. And it's and it's a different story. It's a different arc. It's a different you know. It's, right. It is a different ball game. Yep. Whereas here, it's like I'm still telling some of the same stories, mm-hmm. but it's it's so raw. Mm-hmm. It's so right there and then. And if something hits me, I go with that. Yeah. Like it's so in the moment. Yeah. It, kind it, of thing. Yeah. And there's this. Uh, I mean, certainly, obviously, I, I totally get that because the, I you know I did my own solo show, and there is. I mean, you're up there and you're revealing a ton, but it's scripted and you know every beat and you know every moment and it's a theatrical agreement with the audience. You know, you're here to see, quote unquote, a play. And, uh, and, and when you're and the truth is, if you're playing white working class in Baltimore, you're going to hit another beat. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not going to hit when you're in New Jersey for the Jews. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a, a completely different agreement in the audience there of who you yeah. are and who and they I, are. Yeah, right, right. And and so that raw. I mean, I, I I get that. There's like, there's no, there really is no wall between you and the audience with stand up. I mean, you're there and you're like jumping off the cliff every five seconds. It feels like. And I don't feel I have a filter on my mouth. Like mm. I love to curse. <laughs> I really do. Um, so I feel like I don't have to have a filter. Right. Right. Whereas in a solo show, you know, I don't know. I feel like everything's, you know, yeah. it's, 
there's a way. Right. And here it's like I can get away with so much more <laughs> and saying so much more. Yes. Yeah, like lick the pussy. I heard you say Yeah, like show. if you want to lick pussy, lick pussy. <laughs> you go right you ahead. It's, yeah, I can imagine doing that in the middle of my solo show. People like, you know, their mouths open. <laughs> and their hard candies fall out of their mouths. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Can someone get the paramedic? Lucille's passed out in aisle two. (laughs) Seat B. (laughs) Oh, man. Now, have you gotten people giving you the like, oh, well, you know, Richard was a god and you'll never live up to that or doing the comparison thing with you with the stand up yet or? You know what? No. I haven't, which has been really lovely. I mean, I don't know, maybe black people might, but mm. the audience, which, and if they do, they haven't really said it to my face right? kind of thing. But right. what I get, I've gotten is, I loved your dad and I love you. Oh, that's like, so I just love what you're doing. I love that you're your own thing. You're doing, you're your own person. You don't care. You're just, you know what I mean? That's great. And someone gave me a great tip. He was like, what you want? He goes, you want the girls to be you and the guys to want to fuck you. Mm. Yeah, I could totally you know, see that. You don't want to be like a turn. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that turn. You want to be like the girl next door. Yep. And because of the way I look anyway, I'm not Halle Berry. I get to be that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, not the guys the- secretly want to do me. <laughs> Comics especially because they think, you know, they'll get the prior genes somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it just rub off on their cock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Isn't it that way for you sometimes? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, right, you know. it's, uh, yeah. Maybe, I, you know, if I touch you, Carlin will appear. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it is weird. I mean, there's like these two different types of people that I encounter. There's the people who, I mean, they're all fans, but, well, there's right. actually three. There's the ones that are, are so there's the, there's the ones who are fans who genuinely can actually see me and see right. what I do. And then there's the ones that are fans that just all they do is see my dad. And, and and there's an energy to those people that are so creepy. It feels like they want to crawl inside of your skin and wear it for you or something. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really weird. And then I've been lately getting a couple of, I got an email, I got a Twitter guy who are completely comparing me to my dad and telling me that my father's DNA is being wasted on me and I'm not funny and and I'm like, well, maybe I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I mean, have you thought right. of that? I mean, really, dude. It's just so I'm like now finally starting to face this fear of mine, which was, you know, my dad kept me away from all that stuff because he didn't want me to deal with hecklers and hate mail and shit like that and people comparing me right. all the time. But but it's inevitable. I mean, uh, you know, unless I went out and became a plumber, which is not, you know, very likely. Right. Um, I, exactly. Unfortunately, I've got the gene in me. I need to be up in front of people um, talking, whether it's making people laugh or cry. It's either way. I just You're going to do stand-up. Just watch. I know I am, Rain, and it's just oh. terrifying to me. <laughs> and it's okay to be scared. I get scared every single time. I do because I've had not, I've had like, like when we were doing the twenty four hour comedy. Of course, there's only five people in the audience, but you know or t- <laughs> that I could or do or whatever, <laughs> you know. And it's like you're trying to do like your material, and it's like crickets. Here. <laughs> you know, maybe the tinkle of something. And you're like, okay, moving on. Well, you know, <laughs> let's try the next bit. <laughs> you know, but there's something exciting. I mean, there's something just exciting about going. You're like, all of a sudden, I feel invincible. Mm. Like, I feel like I did it. I did my biggest fear. Yeah. 
which yeah. was literally to walk in his shoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, mine used and I'm to, not afraid. Yeah, and I, mine used to be doing a, a, a Redwood Tree Ropes course, and I went and did that and conquered that. So I guess <laughs> I have to go <laughs> conquer this one now. I don't think I'll be jumping out of planes, so, though. Yeah, yeah, I probably won't do that yeah, one I'm either. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I'm a prior, knowing me, something will happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing, too, that I know that you get and I get a lot, which is um, you're so normal. How did that happen? <laughs> right, right. So how did that you know, happen? You know what, Kelly? I don't know. I really, I'm, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I just think I was, I don't know. I got lucky. I really got freaking lucky. <laughs> like, I think the only way... Like I was telling someone today, I think I'm, I only get crazy if you get in my face, like if I feel like you're going to attack me, mm. like physically hurt me or harm me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only time I get like, hurt, like that weird mm-hmm. sense of anything like, oh my God, I am related to my family. Right. Comes out. <laughs> Otherwise it's like, I just didn't want that path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to, it's like I tell every, like, you know, I tell people, I said, I would be so famous. If I, you know, had a, a YouTube video of me sucking cock, <laughs> totally. I was in rehab. Yes. You know? stealing, <laughs> stealing jewelry from people. Yeah, stealing jewelry. <laughs> I would be huge because my dad's Richard Pryor. I should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Instead, you're just this you know? lovely, nice, normal, right. well, you know, normal, yeah, quote, unquote. Broke, but I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, and I think, too, I mean, I think there's two different reactions to it. I mean, I know for myself... My parents were so crazy when I was growing up that I was the only child in the house and I was the sane one. So I learned to be the same one. And then I went off and I did my crazy. I definitely did it. But I always had this like line inside of me, this like line in the sand I would never cross, you know, like, yeah, right. I'm crazy. And yeah, I'm kind of, you know, kind of screaming out for attention or some help because I probably need, you know, therapy because Absolutely, I'm depressed and anxious. Right. But, you know, that other kind of, uh, you know, I, I, got good genes, you know, I, I, no matter what, I come from good stock. And I think, you know, you do too. And it's just like, you just kind of have head on your shoulders and, and you think to yourself as a kid, well, someone's got to be sane around here. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And that's probably exactly it. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I just repeat that in my life today because I feel like everyone around me is nuts. But see, on stage, you, know? you get to... And then I think I'm really nuts because if they're nuts, I must be nuts. Yeah. That in my life. But you get to be... But with the stand-up, though, you get to be... You get to kind of not be the normal one, the same one. I mean, it's it's kind of the freedom right. to, like, really speak your mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I... You know, it's funny. It's like I've been testing the different boundaries because I still don't know really what my voice is. Right. How and long, I don't care. How long have you been you doing... You know what I mean? At yeah. the moment. You've been doing it for, like, what, six months, seven months? Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? So it's like I'm just... I, I just try everything. Yeah. You know, and it's like I talk about my family. I talk, and I think I talk about things like I'll watch other comedians who have um, children and like they'll get up there and talk. And it's funny how the women are, kind of are about when they talk about their kids. And like, I guess I'm kind of like, I take the guy perspective uh-huh. <laughs> of it. Like, it really pisses me off. And sometimes I want to throw out the window, you know, and I warn the audience, but I don't. Right, you know, so right. it's like, you know, and I said, you know, and I try to talk to them about, yeah, like you hear a guy say it and you're cracking up and a woman says it and you're like, oh, how terrible, 
you know, but it's hard. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, I throw that in there. I throw, you know, my husband thinks he's Will Smith from I Am Legend right now. <laughs> you know, like we have a bug out bag. You know, I talk about that crazy stuff, you know. Oh, that's, <laughs> like, great. that's great. You know, I'm just like that because that's my life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I think I'm sneaking up on this myself, because I think on Twitter, I've started to do this a little more and kind of let these opinions out that the nice version of me, the one that's learned to be diplomatic and was trained to be a therapist and has the level head and must be the good girl, uh, is, you know, is slowly falling off of me now. And I have, I'm having fun on Twitter, like making some outrageous statements and, you know, and not explaining myself, not putting the little wink or the LOL afterwards, like, oh, it's a joke. Like, let it just kind of sit right. there and and really loving that. And, and like you, it, it, sometimes it does sound a little bit like my dad. And yes, like you, sometimes I do look like my dad and I have his Absolutely. patterning or his rhythm, uh, you know, when, especially when I do my stories and I'm doing performance. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just it's just who I am. It's who I've always been. I mean, you know, you, you get it's in our DNA. It yeah. really is in our DNA. It is. It is. I mean, you, and you, that's what's crazy. <laughs> it like is. it's like wow, we really were born with this. Like my dad had it right. My dad, when I was eighteen, and said was like, "You should be doing stand up." He was right, but I was wasn't there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was going to take like you know a long progression to get there. Uh, Absolutely. And and I wonder, I mean, I know you have brothers. um, And it's, you know, how different it is to be uh, a woman, and being the daughter of instead of the son of, you know, that in some ways, it's like, we are women. So we do come with a whole nother set of perspectives and life experience and living in this culture as a woman. Um, I mean, and you're biracial, so you have all of that. But, you know, so I, I, I'm really curious, I mean, just for my own, just for you and me and just the curiosity thing of like how we do further this legacy that we have, clearly, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and are very proud of. Um, but how as women, uh, what, what we're going to do with it, you know? You know, I, I, that's a great, I really don't know what we're going to do with it, Kelly. I know. I know. But I will tell you this. I, I think owning, there's something about being in your 40s. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like they were right. Like, I never really had women around me talk about when they turned 40. Yeah. But there is something about when you hit 40, you don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. It's, it's very- like you own yourself. Absolutely. And, and, and I think so you own your creativity. And, and I think it's about like, if anything, it's about, okay, so we came from the stock and we are the women of that. And I think it's taking it to another, I think it's owning that women, that woman ness about us yeah, and bringing that into the world and having that shift happen. Yeah. I mean, and I like, I don't, I don't go on stage looking like, you know, a lesbian. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yes. and, and not like there's anything wrong with that. But most female comics, there's that saying of like, okay, we have to wear the suit and the, the like we dress comic. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? It's like I wear my little tight jeans and my little shirts with my cha-chas hanging out kind of thing because I like it. Like yep. I like the, I like, hey, I'll be a girl and I'll say motherfucker. <laughs> and deal with it, people. Because <laughs> you know, I'm 40 and I can't. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things is to yell at people, you know, fuck you, suck my dick. You know, I mean, I love that. Right. 
<laughs> but it, but it it is yeah. true. And, you know, I think as you get further into your 40s, and I know like when my mom turned 50, she said that to me too, you really like every year you give less and less a shit about what people think right. of you because you're just, you're getting like a, there is an end point in this life and there is only right. so much time. And why the fuck am I worried about all of this. No one else seems right. to be walking around worried about what I think of them. So why, right. why should I worry so much about it? And, and, right. you know, getting this kind of hate email I got in this is hate Twitter shit. I'm it's, it's like really helping me take a stand with that even more because it's right. like, fuck you. You know, and I really get like when my dad would say, it's not my job to make you understand me people. It's not m- at all. You know, it's just not my job and to you speak know, and my those mind. Are just so m- there's such tests. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, on hindsight, I used to always have to defend myself. Or, and I'm like, wait a second. I don't need to defend anything. There's nothing to, I didn't really do anything wrong to have to even defend it. Yeah. yeah. I am who I am. You know what? You want him? Go buy a freaking video. <laughs> exactly. They're available. Exactly. You know? Go suck on my stepmom's teeth. <laughs> I don't care. You know? <laughs> Leave me alone. And my favorite is, it's like, why are you bothering telling me this? If you don't like me or what I'm doing, like, why does it matter then? Just go off and go find some, like, leave me alone. Like, I have my own audience, you know? You don't need to be in my audience. It's fine, really. You sad, sad human being. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go beat them up. You tell me where they are. Beat them up. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, so, so um, I want to know a little bit about what you're doing nowadays. I know you're teaching. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are you teaching, and what's that like for you? And I teach theater in um, a, in, in Baltimore City, mm-hmm. in West Baltimore. West Baltimore. Um, so tough. It's 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 a charter school, but it's tough. Uh-huh. You know, like my second day there, I, I you know, I was a kid put me in a headlock. Wow. Um, and threw me on the floor because he was improving a thug. And so, <laughs> wow. you know, yeah. that's what I deal with. Mm. And so trying to get their minds around the idea of even ex- expanding their minds to what theater can be, you know, and what I'm doing with them now is I'm taking them actually through Gem of the Ocean. My student body is predominantly African American, except for two students in the school. So mm. I'm taking them through Gem of the Ocean, and we're discussing the African diaspora. So it's a lot of history, mm. a lot of oral. I'm kind of doing what my dad did. I tell stories. Mm. I get them. I try to get them engaged and interested, and they're not. Right. You know, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And I love it. I love teaching. And then I teach adult acting class at the regional theater here mm-hmm. on Monday nights um, because I love actors. Mm. And I love our craft, and I, you know, my whole, my I call it mindful acting because it's all about being present and and in your where you're at right now, mm-hmm. and how to bring truth mm. to your work. Mm. Acting is truth. If I believe you, I go with you. Right. If I don't believe you, I change the channel. And, and Do you know what I mean? I walk out of the theater. I give whatever. Absolutely. So I just talk yeah. about. You know, I just talk about with them how to be truthful. And how to find that in their, in their work, you know. And I'm directing a solo show, and that opens next week in Baltimore. And, oh and what, my God. what's the title of the show? It's called Drinking Up the Pieces. Mm. Is this Mark's and show? Yeah, this is Mark Unger's oh, show, and wonderful. it's all about his journey. You know, losing actually being with a woman, and raising them, raising her son together, and she just decided one day it was over mm. and left with the son. 
and how heartbroken he was and how he turned to, you know, alcohol and all that in a dive bar in Baltimore. Wow. You know, so it deals a lot with depression. It's really edgy, you know, and at times funny, but it's not, it's funny to see a comedian not do something funny, you know, and I love it. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, that's. And I love directing it. It's just like, mm, I really love actors. So what is it that you love about actors? When they're, one, we're so, because I'm one, you know, we're so, and you're one, we're so emotional. Mm -hmm. And when you get to a place where you know how to really read people and go beyond that and break through their stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really nice because you're wa- you then watch them flower before your eyes on stage. If you're a good director, right? You know, because I don't believe in spoon feeding you, and I don't believe in tearing you down, right? To build you up, I will tear you down when you're BSing me. <laughs> yes, like I did with one of my students the other night. I was like, "Look, why the heck are you in the class? Why did you spend two hundred dollars?" You know, I said, "Stop wasting my time and yours. Either do the work or get out." Yeah, you know, you know it's and so, it's about your own sabotage, your saboteur, you know. Yep, yep. But that's and that's why I love it. That's why I love actors because it's like they're we mold, we mold, we can become things, we can explore ourselves even deeper by people watching. It's a form of psychology uh, in a way. Well, absolutely. And I, because when you were describing what you do when you work with actors, I was thinking, well, that's what I do as a life coach. I mean, I help people like get past the fake version of themselves to really connect to that source inside of them, whatever that is, whether it's emotional or it's a perspective or a connection to something deep within them that really brings the truth of who they are out. And, and it's, and, and it's in service of life in general. I mean, as an actor, it's in service of the part in some ways, but at the same time, you're growing a human being when you do that. And, and, and you do, it's like, you know, and you, you, you love them and you, and you unconditionally give them space for that. And then you, like you said, you call bullshit, bullshit when you see it. And it's totally in service of them. And it's, it's interesting. I've never really thought of how directing and, and coaching are very similar, but they, they really are. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I've always thought about or directing, if, too. If yeah. that's, you know, that's how I look at it. I mean, yeah. you know, no, well, I've I, had all kinds of directors. I've had the directors that suck that try to tell you something and you're not getting it because they don't know how to tell you. Yeah, they don't know how to you communicate. Know what I mean? and it's, but it's your fault. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not getting it, you know. Yeah, and it's like I believe in like, well, let's 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 work on that. Let's you know, let yeah. me figure out how I can speak. Let me speak to you. That is my job, is to learn how to speak to you. Yeah, and in to, your language to find your buttons, the ones that work for right. you, so that the light bulb goes off in your head and you go, oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's very cool. And I love creating pictures. It's another form of, you know, it's like painting. Mm. You know, you're, you have a, this color palette of different, of actors or space, and you're creating vision there, you know. Absolutely. A solo show, directing a solo show is weird, though. Like, that's a whole nother, you know, because yes. it's not like many actors. It's like, you know, one person talking. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, and walk here. <laughs> <laughs> And stop. <laughs> okay, now back. Great. <laughs> okay, I'll That's see funny. you next week. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I've done my yeah, work yeah. here. I'm. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's very funny. That was it. And now sit. Okay, you're good. And now see. <laughs> so, so what drives you, Rain? What drives you to do all this? 
Well, now it's my, it's, it's Lotus in mm. my family. Mm. Now, now it's like, I have to. Lotus is her little daughter, by the way. Is my, yes, my two and a half year old. It really is. Like she, besides driving me crazy, it's really, she, it's, it's when you have something that you realize it's not about you anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, I want, I want my hub to have a better life. I want to have a better life. I want Lotus to have a better life. Mm -hmm. So I just keep going. It's like, I think I told you like this week and next week I've, I'm burning the candles at both ends. I'm nonstop. Right. You know, because I'm trying, it's like, yeah, it's all about, I'm trying to make the money so that I can afford the babysitter so I can go do the gigs on the weekend so that it'll lead to more gigs because I love it. Yeah. Like I need to be on the stage. I love it. And it feels comfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't do it. I've tried to work in a store. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm so with you there, honey. Well, I you know. And I'm honest about that. Yeah. Can you imagine me? I could not do Macy's. Uh, yeah. I could not tell you, you know that whatever it is, Jones, whatever it is, New York, right? you know, is 50 bucks. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I know I tried in many different, I mean, I did a lot of production stuff, and I still do every once in a while. But, right. uh, you know, even becoming a therapist, I mean, I love the work, and I love... I loved going to grad school and learning all about it and, and healing myself. And I love psychology and philosophy and all of that. But I, as I was being an intern and I was sitting in those rooms listening to people and really, you know, honoring how important that work is in the world because it saved my life, I know. But I sat right. there the whole time going, I just want to be on a stage saying, fuck. Right. <laughs> this so you, is not yeah, good. And it's, isn't it beautiful? Like, it, and now you can. I know. I know. And you can still help people. It's like, you know. Yes. Yes. I was. I can still. I realized doing fried chicken long because I hadn't done it really since my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And I recently went to Albuquerque, New Mexico and did it. Got a standing ovation, which I was not expecting. Wow. And, you know, and it was funny because all of a sudden I was like, oh, that's what I used to get when I did this show right. and I got it again and then I realized because when you reach through the, the audience with whatever it is you're saying you're doing exactly do you know what I mean you are doing therapy uh, oh are, completely yes you know what I mean you're healing somebody they got it they're like oh oh I used to you know that's the stories I get yeah like, it's amazing to me like all these old Jewish women just want to hug me oh, take me home that's so darling <laughs> you know it's like the weirdest feeling, but it's, but then I realized that's my gift. Like, that's what it's about. It's yeah. like, oh, it's so not about me. Well, you know, and it's so funny because, um, my dad, I, you know, doing my stories too. Um, and, uh, my dad only came once to see me do, uh, one piece that I did. He would not come to my one woman show. It was too much for him. He, you know, he didn't really like the fact that I told stories about my life and, and things like that. And I kept explaining to him, you know, it's really it's, it's very healing. I mean, I get people in the audience coming up to me and saying, oh, I had a husband like that, or I had a drug addiction, or, um, you know, my father was the, the biggest judge in the county, and I lived under his shadow, and whatever my stories happen to be about that night. And, right. and people connect. It's a universal thing. And it used to kind of, I mean, it really, broke, you know, was very painful for me that my dad didn't get the power of my own art form. You know, he felt it was Absolutely. a little self-indulgent. And I mean, one time he said to me, you know, well, people don't, real artists move on from their own story, you know, at some point. And I wish, I wish, Rain, I had had the wherewithal in the moment to look at him and say, well, Richard Pryor never moved on from his own stories. Right. <laughs> That's funny because now I'm like listening to what you're saying about your dad. I'm like, your dad, my mom. Wow. 
I oh, never met. Oh, really? Did not know that about you. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that would have been interesting because that's how my mom is. Oh. I was like, wow, my mom just says the same thing. Oh, fascinating. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, but and it, she loves me, and she loves me, and she nurtures me, but, but you know, she is... She says those things too. Like, when do you when do you move on? Yes, exactly. And you know what? You know, and it is self indulgent and blah. You know. And, and I may move on at some point, and I do other things too. You know, but uh, why should you? It's your story. But no it's, one can tell your story better than you. I and I enjoy telling them. They're they're fun. And and, and I was talking to Larry Wilmore the other night, who. Um, just a, you know, a great guy. And I was telling him, like, sometimes I get confused. Like, should I be an entertainer or am I a teacher or I'm an artist? And he goes, honey, you're just a giver. You just give in all these different ways. And don't worry about it. If you're given through your insights yeah. through your story or you're giving insights through a workshop or a lecture or your radio show, he goes, stop worrying about it so much. Just give what you're, what you're here to give. And I was like, oh, he just reframed everything for me. I can save money on therapy this year. Yay. Right. <laughs> But it's true, you know, and, and you too, you're just a giver, honey. You, you've got so much I to am do. a giver. You are. And it's, you know, sometimes it sucks too. Yeah, I know. It's the whole you know, give Because the one thing and... I think my dad, the one thing, I mean, what, well, the one thing, I'm just going to keep saying the one thing until it comes out of my mouth, um, <laughs> that I say to people that I have, there's two things. Uh, the one thing, now there's two. Yeah, there's two. Great. Um, <laughs> he... That did, never had a filter, so he always said things how he felt them. Right. Right. So growing up, it's like, I don't know how not to tell you something mm-hmm. about my life or mm-hmm. this or that. Because I didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. But you see, my mom does it too. Like, we just talk. We just, it's like, and it's not, you know, verbal diarrhea. It's just that we don't have filters. It's like, we just didn't grow up like that. And the other thing is just so... It's not only that, but it's truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is no, and there was a point to this, and there is no other way so that you, I expect other people to to reciprocate that or to be that, and I realize not everyone is, and then I get hurt because I realize, wow, I just gave and gave and gave of myself. Mm-hmm. Because that's how, that's what we did. Yeah. Even though, like, yeah, drugs make you selfish, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's put that over there. But it's a being up on that stage, telling stories, having, being caretakers for our parents, them being caretakers for theirs. You know, it's like this, we are, we're just extreme open givers. And I do, it's like, it hurts me and pains me when I realize, oh, not everyone's like that, or it doesn't come back that way. Like there's a lot of takers. Yeah. Yeah. The world is really selfish. Yeah, in I, yeah, I, I, in, and I, and it's it's interesting that you're framing that that way because I, I mean, absolutely, yes, there, in, uh, yes, and and I was just thinking about that, um, yeah, about the fact that there is this 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 thing about just wanting to to kind of exp- not expose, but just the truth speakers, you know, the truth of it, and and it's like when you grow up in a household where the truth is being spoken well like in my household though the truth was being spoken on stage but it was never being spoken in the household because it was you know the drug and alcohol household but right, uh, right. but but there was something about truth the importance of truth and uh yeah and it's funny you know yeah just the whole thing about yeah there are not a lot of people get up in the morning saying hey I want to go out and do this in the world but this is what I do I wake up every morning going god I, I need to talk about shit to the world gee I wonder right. why <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> right. 
Well, darling, we have run out of time. Wow, that's awesome. I know, I know. And so thank you so much for doing this. I love you. Um, I know your film, The N-Word, is going to be here in L.A. at the Pan-African Film Festival next week. Yes, it is. It's going to be under short narratives. Okay. Okay. So everyone go out and go to the website. Check that out. If you're in L.A., go see The N-Word, that rain. Uh, You executive produced it? No. No. I'm in it. Oh, she's in it. Oh, you in it. You talk. Yes. Oh, so you're going to love the song we're going to end on here. So, Rain, I want to thank you uh, for being I on the show. You. I love you too. And uh, next week, I'm going to have a gentleman named Will Arnst who is going to talk about his film, Ghetto Physics. And oh, awesome. I know, totally awesome. And I want to thank everyone, Johnny and my husband and Babs and the Twitterverse and fake Facebook and all those crazy people. And uh, we're going to end the show today, uh, you're going to enjoy this, Rain, with a little song called The End Song. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so in honor of you and in honor of your papa and in honor of my papa, here is Mark Silverman's The End Song. Everyone have a beautiful week. N-I-W-G-E-R, the only word that goes too far and it doesn't even matter are you should never say that word unless you're in a movie and you're playing a man is a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan if it's the kind of thing that the character would say I guess that it would be okay I guess that it would be okay come on I guess that it would be okay but that's not my call N-I-double-G-E-R the only too far and it doesn't even matter who you are you should never say that word unless you're black and you're taking it back maybe recording a hip-hop track if you use a word in an empowering way i guess that it would be okay i guess that it would be okay come on i guess that it would be okay but that's not my call with a guy who said it a lot I think he thought it was funny I thought it was not But he always looked around So he wouldn't get caught Caught saying N-I-double-G-E-R The only word that goes too far And it doesn't even matter Never say that word. Say that word. You should never say that word.